I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Vituperative. Vituperative. Remember that word? Yeah, it was the vocab word we learned together yesterday. Bitter and abusive. Bitter and abusive. And it comes from, uh, of course, that statement put out by uh, Senator Romney the other day, his view of politics today and how he uh, is asking all sides, everyone to calm down, just calm down. Uh, That's yesterday's news, and you can read that if you'd like uh, on my Facebook page. But the big vocab word I came away with yesterday was uh, vituperative, bitter and abusive, and As I think uh, back over the past few weeks and look for instances or events that I could describe as vituperative, I think it's probably fair to say that the first presidential debate uh, was, uh, was vituperative, bitter and abusive. And it was going to be the case that tonight you and I would uh, you know begrudgingly gather up around the television set again with the family and uh, and sit through another vituperative exchange well then the president got the covid and the commission on presidential debates made its announcement that uh, it's unilateral announcement we learned since that the campaigns were not consulted nor negotiated with on this announcement It was announced by the Commission on Presidential Debates that it would be shifting to uh, a virtual debate. Not an all-virtual debate, but just virtual when it comes to the candidates. It was scheduled to be a a town hall setting where all the uh, town hall folks would come together. The moderator would be there. Of course, all the camera crew and uh, producers, everyone needed to bring this all together. They'd all be together in one place, right? They'd all be together. Uh, But uh, due to health and safety factors, the debate commission, the Commission on Presidential Debates, rather, decided that, you know what, we're going to have we're going to beam the the candidates in. Well, President Trump then said, nah, nah, not into that. And I'm not going to be I'm not going to waste my time on any virtual stuff. Uh, I'm either face to face or not at all. And so it was that uh, ultimately we learned that tonight's debate uh, will be called off. There there is no debate tonight. What's happening in its place? Well, 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 we have a choice to make. You see, Vice President, former Vice President Joe Biden tonight on ABC will be the subject of a town hall meeting. And we learned that pretty early, right? Not long after, uh, not long after the debate was canceled, uh, Joe Biden made the announcement and it was made very well known that he would be hosting this, uh, this town hall. Well, 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 not to be outdone, uh, President Trump uh, announces that he, on NBC, a competing network, uh, at 6 p.m., will be <laughs> the subject of his very own town hall. <laughs> so the question I'm left asking myself is, 
which channel will I tune to here this evening? Where, which will I be watching? And, and, there's an even more important question. What good are these events? Katie Couric. Remember Katie Couric? I remember her from uh, co-host of the Today Show when I was young. It would be on the TV as I was getting ready for school. And, uh, and I, you know, Brian Gumbel there as well. And uh, that, that was how I came up knowing Katie Couric. <clears throat> and I've had the great pleasure of crossing paths with her uh, a few times in my professional career. Lovely woman. Uh, Katie Couric, she tweets out, uh, having dueling town halls is bad for democracy. Having dueling town halls is bad for democracy. Voters should be able to watch both, and I don't think many will. This will be good for Trump because people like to watch his unpredictability. This is a bad decision. Hashtag vote. Again, that's Katie Couric uh, asserting that having dueling town halls is bad for democracy. I don't think that I'm ready to go as far as to assert that it is bad for democracy. I, I think the democratic process is kind of silent on debates, and it is a practice that we have come up with on our own. Uh, but I do think, I do think that it will not serve to inform voters. And if that's bad for democracy, then I guess I agree with Katie Kirk. But I do not believe that there will be many hearts and minds changed here this evening. What will happen is the undecideds aren't tuned into anything. The folks who are supportive of Trump, uh, they will certainly have their eyes glued to uh, NBC. And those supporters of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will have their eyes glued to ABC. Both, again, taking place uh, at, at 6 p.m. So let me ask you, what will you be watching? And what we'll be watching for, and in particular, if you are uh, what could be, by some estimates, if you are one of the 13% of voters who don't yet have your mind made up, I really want to hear from you. We're going to take a break here in a couple minutes, and afterwards, I want to uh, get you on the phone. The number is 801-575-TALK, 801-575-8255. I want to talk to you about what your plans are for this evening. Can I, is, there, is there any bright spot here, or is this merely uh, an exercise in vanity by these two candidates? Will tomorrow's conversation be about the substance, if there is any presented? Will it be about the style? Will it be about the questions asked, the uh, moderators of these town halls? Will it be about uh, those individuals that stand up and ask questions? Will we have uh, another celebrity emerge? Like, uh, what was the guy? What was the guy's name? Uh, the the heavyset man with the red sweater. Uh, he he turned into a meme of sorts, a little a little quasi celebrity, uh, and he uh, earned that celebrity after asking a question in one of these town hall settings. Will tomorrow morning be about that, or, or? And this is what I predict. I believe the headlines of tomorrow will be filled with comparative ratings reports, right? You know Trump's gonna. You know Trump's gonna be laser locked on those numbers. Which candidate tonight will draw the bigger crowd? And then also another question I have, which I'm not sure how we find this out, but it uh, has left me scratching my head. The first debate, or I'm sorry, the first town hall, aside from the the canceled debate. So when Joe Biden scheduled his at 6 p.m., that's ABC. That's Plan One. There you go. Did. Did Trump then say, okay, the rest of you networks, any one of you willing to put me on exactly up against uh, Biden, uh, we're teaming up. Was that what happened? Or or, uh, did NBC go to Donald Trump and say, hey, we got an idea. You want to compete 
with your competitor head-to-head in a dueling town hall will give you the same 6 p.m. time slot. I wonder. Because I can see a, I can see a good argument being made. Well, I shouldn't say a good argument because I'm not I'm not really in agreement with this whole deal. I wish that they were together. I think that I think that this this setting where they are apart, separate, not interacting with one another is maybe a greater disservice than even letting them go head to head in the same fashion they did uh, a few weeks ago. I know that sounds crazy, uh, but. But you do uh, get to see uh, some contrast. I think contrast is important. Anyway, uh, we're going to take a break right now. As I said, I want to hear from you. 801-575-8255. Will you be watching tonight? Which one will you be watching? Or do you have some hot, you're going to TiVo it and watch it again later? And do you think that any good can come of this? Is this a service to the voters or a disservice? 801-575-8255. Dueling town halls, you and me chatting next on Live Mike. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I have learned something in the commercial break that I'm still trying to sort out, and I cannot believe it. It's wild how things... Uh, how things just get turned upside down during presidential election season. And right now we are in the midst of much being turned upside down. Uh, I am right now reading an Associated Press report, uh, and the headline is, C-SPAN suspends Scully after he admits to lie about hack. All right, so you might hear that and think, well, okay, who's Scully? What is that? All right, so C-SPAN... Uh, C-SPAN, the their like political boss, the the guy who has been, uh, you know, the the big honcho, uh, the face you recognize on C-SPAN. Uh, he's been there for about thirty years. Steve Scully is his name, and he was he was scheduled to moderate the debate tonight between Joe Biden and President uh, Donald Trump. Right before uh, you know, COVID showed up at the White House and changes were made, and now we're looking at dueling, uh, dueling town halls. And we're going to get to calls in just a second on that. But this news of Steve Scully uh, being suspended uh, indefinitely is fascinating. Why was he suspended? You see, if you remember a few a few days ago, uh, about a week ago or so now, there were some tweets that came up. And the, the tweets were allegedly between uh, Scaramucci. Remember Scaramucci? Uh, yeah, Scaramucci and Scully, Steve Scully with C-SPAN. Again, the would-be moderator of tonight's debate, if it had happened. Well, turns out Scully got a little confused about what was a direct message and a mention and, uh, you know, whatever mechanisms Twitter has. And he tweeted to Scaramucci, at Scaramucci, should I respond to Trump? Scaramucci, in reply, uh, you know, said that, uh, you know, he advised him to to ignore the president. And, well, in his initial, and that's a simple, small little thing, right? Should I respond to Trump? Scully, interestingly, interestingly, when that first came to light, claimed that his Twitter account had been hacked. According to the Associated Press, Scully had been frustrated by Trump's comments and several weeks of criticism on social media and conservative news outlets about his role as moderator, including attacks directed at his family. Scully says, quote, these were both errors in judgment for which I am totally responsible for, Scully said. I apologize. The Associated Press goes on. He said he let down his colleagues at C-SPAN, fellow news professionals, and the debate commission. I ask for their forgiveness as I try to move forward in a moment of reflection and disappointment in myself. Absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning. And think about this. It it, it may not have come to light. This didn't have to... If he hadn't admitted to this, the debate would have gone on tonight. And Steve Scully 
you know, now with all the more reason uh, for you and me to question his loyalties or his impartiality, uh, would have been moderating a, a debate which would have had uh, you know the eyeballs of the nation uh, glued upon it. I will never celebrate you know anyone's departure from a long and storied career. Uh, I'm not uh, I'm not really a cancel culture guy at all. Uh, but uh, but shoot, this is a big deal. You don't get to lie about things like this. Hmm. I wish everyone the best, and I honestly, I think maybe with the rescheduling of the debate, the way it's been uh, done, now morphing into these two town halls, we may have dodged a little bit of a bullet. Uh, because should this reality have come to light subsequent to the debate, it would have dominated all headlines. We would have been distracted by this sideshow. Hmm. Interesting stuff. Uh, all right, let's go to the phones now. The question I ask is, uh, tonight at 6 p.m., there will be a dueling, dueling town halls, one uh, focused around Vice President Joe Biden and the other around President Donald Trump, both of them taking place uh, at 6 p.m. They don't need to point out to you, they won't be on stage together. We're not going to be viewing tonight a uh, debate. And so my question is, number one, will you watch at all either? And if so, which one? And... Uh, thirdly, what do you hope to gain from what takes place here tonight? Tony from Sandy uh, calls in with some views. Tony, how you doing? Doing well, Lee. Uh, you know, I think that, uh, well, I already know who I'm. Tony? Yes, sir. Hello? I, I thought I thought I lost you there for a second. Oh. You said you already know. What, what What do you already know? I'm, I'm, I'm already know who I'm voting for, and I'm, I'm voting. The call is about, I think it's going to go to, We'll know tomorrow morning or at noon, I guess, when the Nielsen ratings come out after Trump blows Biden out of the water with whatever share of the ratings, whatever, a, a 32 share to an 8 share. I really don't know. Yeah, I'm going to write that down. You, t- Tony from Sandy says, uh, what would you say, 32 to 8? Well, I don't know what the sh- – I'm just – Yeah, I, I got, just, you, I got well, you, I got you. I'm not in the business of that. the networks. <laughs> I'm, all I'm stating is, is that they're going to go by – the who's you know by what the nielsen ratings who yeah. who watched you know i mean here it's it's evident it's just no different than four years ago or just just earlier in the week biden gets 30 cars at a parking lot where was he in pennsylvania or ohio yeah. and and trump's they're turning people away at all of his rallies the you know i mean uh how anyway i think the i was telling a, a friend of mine look you ever heard of medical malpractice there's something called polling malpractice these polls are so far off we heard the same playbook four years ago oh, hillary's ahead by double digits uh you know even in the 2000 election gore was ahead of bush Kerry was ahead of bush in 04 all these polls uh, these people i believe they probably call more democrats by the way is it 78 percent of the calls go to democrats it, so, it, it is remarkable that after 2016 that these pollsters still have jobs uh, this election cycle. It's, it's astounding and amazing. It's polling malpractice. There's no way. I tra- Just so you know, uh, everyone living uh, listening, I travel for a living. I'm in IT. Okay. So I travel for a living. I just got back from Pennsylvania. Repub- people are registering as Republicans like three to one to Democrats. There, and These are in all the counties, like Lackawanna County up there by Scranton. They keep saying, oh, Scranton in this battleground county. And the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the trucks in Pittsburgh have Trump 2020 on them. And these are union truck drivers. These are normally people... Pittsburgh is a blue-collar sure. town. U.S. Steel is there. It's a very blue-collar town. I just can't see him losing Pennsylvania and Michigan because we don't have a Gary Johnson, a third ringer in there. If you look at Michigan, for example, Gary Johnson got 172,000 votes in Michigan in 2016. There is no Gary Johnson this year. Those votes, would I would imagine, go to the incumbent. Joe jo- Jorgensen, Michigan. Jorgensen doesn't fill those shoes? 
I think Michigan comfortably goes to, to the president. Pennsylvania, uh, uh, these people want to cap oil wells. They want to put uh, more regulations. I mean, these people in this, uh, anyone that works with plastic moldings, uh, the yeah. wall is going to be the continuation of our wonderful wall, and the southern border is going to be built with U.S. Steel. U.S. Steel is headquartered in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. I just was at Westinghouse Electric in Pittsburgh doing work. Westinghouse Electric, these people are union electricians. They all love my mask. I wear a Trump mask. They loved it there all. These are union T- blue Tony, guys. Tony, listen, I, I, I like you. i got to let you go. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, I, I like your spirit. I like your enthusiasm. Uh, and, and we'll see. Uh, Tony, says, uh, Tony says that Trump wins the ratings battle tonight, 32-8. to in terms of the shares. I have just one minute left. I'll welcome Jennifer from Harriman to the program. Jennifer, what do you think about tonight? You know, I I was thinking about that, and I know where both of the candidates stand already. Um, I don't feel like anything new is going to be said tonight. Um, and so the people that are watching are people that already support them and, you know, want to hear more of what they say. I, I agree I'm one that. of those undecided voters, and I think there's maybe a lot more of us that that you think. Um, but what I'm going to be doing tonight is researching more of the third party candidates. Um, you know, I think it's sad that they don't get to, you know, get airtime on the TV and don't get to debate debate with these two because, you know, they have valid points, too. And I just, you know, encourage other people to to look at all the options and not to vote based out of fear, um, but to vote for someone that you can have a clear conscience about. Yeah, that's that's good advice. Jennifer, thank you so much for your call. We're going to take a break now. When we return, I'm going to welcome to the program uh, Utah Attorney General Sean Reyes. He is running to uh, retain his seat. Uh, I want to talk to him about a number of things. Uh, it's in that continued segment of ours called A Day in the Life. We'll talk debates. We'll talk about the, re- the recent life sentence handed down to that drug kingpin and what it's like to be campaigning in the COVID era. That's next on Live Mike here on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.